I know who you are. I know I was telling you for the track. I know your track, Luke. I know I was telling you. Hey, Luke, how the hell are you? Oh, no, don't try to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that don't you track. <laughs> Play the fucking track. Also, we just hear it in the background. Oh, it's time to dance. Done. Luke and Gomer's favorite song to play at Up Cross Creek, besides Baba Da Ba, and some people would be very mad when we'd play it. We call those people word. <laughs> Brothers, I don't think people should hear this. Shut up, nerd. We're drinking. Bob with the Bob. My name is King Rock. Oh, man, yeah. what gentleman we were. What gentleman Kid Rock is. <laughs> uh, man. Said no one ever. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Before we get into the topic at hand, I have a couple quick things that I need to address with you. What? Okay, no, not not that kind of addressing. No, no, no. <laughs> a couple things I would like to talk with you about. Okay. No, sure, of course, of course. No, I, 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 knew, that, I, I knew that was what you meant. I was just being ornery. You're being ornery. Okay, uh, number one is... Uh, I'm I'm ready for a new book. In by the time I get home, I will have finished *Crime and Punishment* by Dostoevsky, right? So I'm looking for a new Gomer Miss High School because he was homeschooled and just watched *Law and Order*. So he needs a high school book to read. What was a high school book? Okay, one. How about you reject the *Anima Technica* vacuo and take some time to actually process your thoughts off off of. Crime and punishment, what you think he was trying to say, whether you agree with it, whether you don't agree with it compared to other books, or you could just go to the next one and just, you know, be numb. But you're such an asshole. Uh, number one. <laughs> what? I'm not. Ow. How's ow? How? I'm sorry that I exposed you. <laughs> Luke, quit deconstructing <laughs> me, Luke. <laughs> no, seriously, quit it. Now, uh, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Easy, Audrey Assad. Other than you, <laughs> other than you, um, and maybe with the exception of Brian Jones, except he doesn't read as much fiction as I do. He's too busy writing his doctoral dissertation and going nowhere in life. Um, so I never get to talk about those kind of books with him. Poor Brian. But how do you talk about me be- behind my back? Oh, I think you could guess. Uh, <laughs> same way our audience does. Just kidding. Um, so, but so <laughs> I <my> don't. <laughs> I will talk about it with you when I'm done and have my completed thoughts, but I want a new book because I have two credits on Audible, and uh, I got some driving coming up, and I would like I would like a Luke-inspired fictional literature book. Okay, so here's what I think you need to do. Uh, you've got two credits, right? Two. One, two. All right. I think you need to listen to Macbeth. Okay. And then I think you need to listen to Brave New World. Oh, I've already read Brave New World like five times. I love Brave New okay. World. Okay, then I think yeah. you need to do Macbeth. Okay. okay I'm, I'm trying to think of like a deep – okay, what are some deep cut stuff? Uh, Bless Me Ultima. I don't remember if that's good or not. Uh, but I feel like that's one that yeah, everyone had to that. read around their junior year. Uh, let's think. What else? Um, I, oh, okay. Uh, have you read the Canterbury Tales? I have not. I think I that, have would, not. That, okay. that would be good. Nice. That would be good. good and you should memorize the first – Ten lines. I had to do it in the old English. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Canterbury Tales. I'm excited. I am excited. I also got Rod Dreyer, the guy that wrote the Benedict Option. I got his Live Not By Lies. Not. It wasn't recommended. Well, it came up in the Audible algorithms, but I'm I, interested. I have, 
resistance to him like yeah. in me some I'm not sure why I don't know if it's just like the boomer energy that kind of surrounds his stuff not saying that that's him but just the energy of the enthusiasm you know who it. hates him Sam Rocha well see now I want to like him I know that's why I'm saying that to you right now. <laughs> him and Sam got in a row over Sam's I I think now Sam is an incredibly smart I do individual. really I don't want to waste time talking no about I know Sam I know Rocha. but the row that <laughs> they got people I I'm not going to even uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it but no, no, I don't Sam's want anything critique by him and anything of that we the do. Ben- Fair enough. Sam's critique of the Benedict option uh, was the shoddiest piece of of a review that I ever have read. <gasps> like he was a person who just wanted to be on the who wanted to be seen reviewing something. Yes, and then Shock. Rod Dreyer got so offended by him. That he wrote the most ad hominem response I have ever seen. And the boomers went, and millennials are just going after each other. Went back and forth, and I was like, sweet, merciful Sunday, what is happening? So, okay, so that's the first thing. So, Chaucer's Canterbury so, Tales yeah. and Macbeth. I was, I was being so mean, and you were trying to just say a thing, and I'm just being no, cruel no. and vicious, which is what I gave up for Lent. Uh, uh-oh, Luke's a failure. Uh, oh. But that's one of the many things I talk about you behind your back about. Um <laughs> No, and then, uh, so I'm excited about that, Macbeth, because I was wanting to go either into King Lear or Macbeth, so you answered that. Um, and then the next thing was, um, oh, Canterbury Tales. Okay, uh, now I have one more, uh, Gomer falls down another rabbit hole and gets religion oh, gosh, on something on YouTube. Oh, what's going on now? Okay, so you know how in Exodus 90 you're not allowed she, to... All she wants is a retirement no, account. It's her fault. It's her fault. It's her fault. <laughs> this one is 100% her fault. Okay. The other day I walk in, she goes, Michael, you're so fat, you're unattractive to me sexually. And I said, right. <laughs> I was when we're making, to say you look good. We, uh, me and Shannon have um, <laughs> different standards, apparently. Right, right, right. I said, right. Thin, scrawny boys. <laughs> Rothgar's hungry. <laughs> I run through them like Drano. 5'3", uh, 135 is what I like. <laughs> then why did you marry me, honey? There's so much <laughs> dough left over to love. <laughs> I enjoy a challenge. <laughs> I enjoy a challenge. I'm going to reduce you morally to a five three scrawny person. Morally, it's, what, it's not. It's not on the outside. It's the inside one counts, and that's what I see. <laughs> oh yes. So more of that. So me and my wife. Uh, no, she sent me down this rabble because with Ex- with Exodus ninety, you're not allowed to just watch television or whatever for entertainment purposes. YouTube for entertainment purposes. You have to have like a reason to be on there. And so I. Um, I watched all of Dr. Han's new series, which, I'm sorry, I freaking love his new series. We need parousia. to respond to that email, by the way. Oh, yeah, well, just, they just sent it today. So, or yesterday. I just checked my email at work today. Whoopsie. Um, <laughs> that was like a week ago. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I've been on vacation. <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> Stop with your reason and rationality. Um, no, but his new thing called Perusia, the Bible on the Eucharist or whatever, it, they let you stream it for free and, like, you know, they're, like, dripping it out. And I watched it, and it is perfect for communicating what the Eucharist really, really, really is, not just in the Bible and Old and New Testament, but what it is like in the life of the church and why it matters so much. And if you read the Lamb's Supper and stuff like that, you'll, you'll get a lot of this, but I just really enjoyed it. And uh, unique filming style. I don't, I don't, I'm kind of in between with the filming style, him sitting on a couch teaching a fake audience, doing a Bible study. But um, So I'm allowed to do stuff like that. Well, Shannon says, you know, I, 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 want, I want to work out more. Um, we, I made her cancel her YMCA membership because we had a family membership. Only she was going. They were really rude to our kids repeatedly in the child oh, care. Gosh. So we got to get a family really? thing. Yeah, that and they were. Me... 
they were really rude. Like, uh, so my wife does this thing called body pump, which I thought was an innuendo about something later on. But nope, turns out it's a gym class. And uh, she had this. Um, Went home sad that night. I know, right? She's. I'm like, oh, you were just working out and you smell bad. Get out of here. Oh, where's my, where's my doilies? Because uh, I'm a I'm a dainty man. Um, so Back to the old YouTube. <laughs> so. She she she's sad that she's no longer doing body pump and it was terrible timing. I, I was like maybe CrossFit, maybe this, maybe that. Nothing was seen into kind of seeming to line up for her. So I said, "Well, I'll just we'll just start converting the gym." And then randomly, I'm talking to Dave Van Vickle and he says, "Hey, I just built my gym shed." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, I built a shed and I filled it with gym equipment. It's now called the Clubber Lang Gym for Men, which is hilarious because I was Mr. T in in, in Rocky, right?" <laughs> and so I'm like dying laughing every day. Every time we talk, he's telling me about a new thing he did at the gym. So I said to Shannon, we should get your Le- Les Mills body pump weights because they're certain type of weights. And I said, I'll buy them and we'll just put them in the garage. So then I typed in one day, garage gym. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love where this is going. So I took off of work this week for spring break and have never worked harder in my life cleaning and clearing a garage Wait, if to prepare off, for a home gym. If you, took, if you took off work, aren't you at work right now? Isn't that ironic that I'm <laughs> very off work but now in the church building, <laughs> whereas earlier I was off work and working at home. No, I, uh, I don't have stable internet at home right now because of you. I love you, so I came to work. Um, so the long and short of it is I've watched a ton of YouTube videos and I have immersed myself into the world of building a home gym and kind of a little bit before this, I told my wife, I said, honey, buy our kids an adjustable gymnastics bar that they can practice her exercises on. And I sent her a couple $115 gymnastics bars. So she buys a $350 one. Whoopsie. I didn't look at the price tag, and I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, how much did it end up costing? She goes, well, I got the mat, too. It custom fits it. And I'm like, great. How much did it cost? And she's like, just 350 And I'm like, holy crap. Uh, okay, really quick. Can yeah. I just interject? Please. I, I would like a person who loves our podcast very, very much to create a website. Don't tell us who you are. Just send me a link to it. I want the and I all I want on this website is an ongoing list of the YouTube rabbit holes you have gone down. And let's say we'll start with uh, your um, custom van things. <laughs> I and just I, entered a contest <laughs> to win a sprinter. I, I told van. Shannon about that. <laughs> she did. That's I said, right. I, I come. She goes, "Isn't said, that funny?" And I was like, "Screw this! I'm I'm going for it." <laughs> <laughs> I do I know you or do I know you? <laughs> Luke, that was so funny. So we got we got uh, the tiny home vans. We got financially independent, retire early. Yeah, we've uh, got. You were into the like the st- tiny houses though. Tiny houses, tiny like, houses. Yeah, like houses that were in like storage bins or something, right? Yeah, shipping containers. Yeah, sorry, that's right. <laughs> shipping containers. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. I apologize. The other day, my son walked by. I was watching YouTube. I had YouTube up, and uh, he goes. Whoa, man builds castle out of shipping containers? You probably like that, Dad. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> That's awesome. It was so, so funny. But yeah, build that so, website. Yeah. Ongoing list. That like you can't edit it or change. It's just there. And whenever they feel that, that, that the time is right to add a thing, yeah. please someone make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
Hello, my dear, dear friends. This is Luke again, and I'm here to talk to you about stereo. We've been having such a freaking good time on stereo. We are going to be honest, a little bit nervous at first, and it's going really well. As you all have heard ad nausea, we do a little after party every on the um, like Sunday night, two day later after party, which you know is going to be good. It's always me and Gomer, except for when I had um COVID. Then it was Kate and um Gomer. Thank you, Kate, for stepping in while I was dying. Um, we're having a really good time doing that. Every like Sunday night, we it is at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I apologize that it is that late. Blaine Gomer, uh, we have a really great chat, and you have a chance to actually ask ask us questions live while while we talk. It's a really good time. We've had some new people coming uh, coming like find the show. We've had some people. I don't know. They're even like having um, conversions because of that, but they're they are um, they are uh, starting to understand like what we're about and what the Catholic Church is about. It's we're having a blast. So every like Sunday. Um, Till the end of this month, 10 p.m., we're, we may even keep this going. We're really in enjoying being on this. Come hang out with us on on the stereo app. You can actually um, download the app and like. So we are at stereo.com slash Luke Carey, L-U-K-E-C-A-R-E-Y. That is, that is, um, that is, slow down, control your flow, Luke, stereo.com slash Luke Carey. And of course, also we have, uh, we have stereo.com slash Gomer. Please come and hang out with us. It's fun. Every Sunday night, 10 p.m. Every um, Sunday night, 10 p.m. Come hang out at the Catching Foxes after party on stereo. No, no. And then here's the last thing. Okay. So that, that's the thing. So now my rabbit hole is is not exercise but just like accumulating exercise yeah yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 i mean like i'm not like building stuff doing but i still anything. got yeah, the tools yeah. for woodworking yeah right so <laughs> i'm not uh, like doing the exercises or anything. <laughs> just, uh, uh, i just uh, uh, walk around and go i feel good about my life right now <laughs> then i go back inside i made some good decisions why waste my money on a gym membership i'll never use when i can waste my money on gym equipment that i'll never use yeah <laughs> retire early yeah, and <laughs> you see that, honey? Every kettlebell we buy is another year I have to work. Um, no, and then the last thing is uh, I really took to heart your warnings of my ongoing obsession with insecurity and security and, and self-defense Aww. and all this stuff. Love and uh, I, I started doing some internet research, and I found a paramilitary organization built around the principles <laughs> of Benedictine spirituality. So I joined. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I joined it. I now have uh, an AK-47, and uh, I pr- I'm just kidding. I did not join a paramilitary organization. I was like, wait, what? You yeah. took my warning, and then you joined a paramilitary <laughs> I honestly believed you, and I was like, wait a second, what? And then we, it wasn't until you said the AK... It wasn't until he said the AK-47 that I started to go, oh, he's playing me. Oh, oh, oh that silly Gomer. He's That's doing Gomer. it again. He's fibbing. Michael Joseph! Michael <laughs> Joseph! Oh, last thing I'll say, man. Me and my wife. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to end it at this. I feel bad when I brought that up. Sorry. Just want just to end it at this. Mm. Being around people that you love that have uh, issues is really difficult. Repe- especially when they don't get help for said issues. And then they shove it in your face every five seconds. <laughs> Oh, this has been a hard week and a yeah, half hard for the week, Gordon yeah. family. Yeah. But yeah. anywho, I'm done. I'm done. What, do you have any thoughts about my rabbit holes? Or, One, or I'm sorry about that. And um, I've been praying. Two, uh, this is what your uh, garage is right now. You've got a gym. 
You've got a car. You have a car. Uh, you have a car detailing space. Yes. And your, I mean, your garage is nice, but it's not like huge. No, 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 no. It's no, tight. No. It's I tight. mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Tight, tight, tight. Uh, like a tiger. So okay. So let's go, let's go through this yeah. um, list. So you have a home gym in there. Yeah. With like like a, like crazy equipment. You've got a car detailing stuff going on in there. You've got a woodworking space going on in there. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm missing something like stuff for my kids to like, yeah, like your kids and toys stuff. and stuff yeah like all like all their their stuff which is by the saws and the exposed you know uh, like um, um weights <laughs> and whatnot what could go wrong um kids just don't touch the cowbells oh yeah whatever who cares cowbells uh <laughs> kettlebells the cowbells yeah. kids, kids, i don't have time for more cowbells kids, ignore okay. the drum set and the cowbell <laughs> oh drums <gasps> luke I the know. drums drums is what i want to get at some point in time eventually <laughs> so we just have to i would love to i would love a bear. um okay i feel like there's more in there what else is uh, in and there? then there's just okay here's here's the sad okay this is an honest thing right this is the pivot right to honesty in a heartfelt moment the so one, Shannon yelled at me for not doing any woodworking lately. <laughs> Shannon yelled at me. And she's you. like, you're a happier gomer when you're doing woodworking. And I was like, okay. So the whole idea of turning it into a home gym revolved around me getting my table that I built, my workbench, and putting it in a more central location. But in order to do that, we had to give away a lot of our baby stuff. Which is, it's, it's, That's it's, tough. That's, yeah, yeah. It's the sign of the chapter closing. For me and my wife. And so that's why this has been a particularly acute experience over the past Mm. uh, week. Sorry for um, poking fun at it. No, 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 no. I led with that so that you wouldn't make fun of me so that then I could turn the tables on you and humiliate you. But the uh, Now who's laughing? Now who's laughing? Team Gomer. But the the big thing that is the symbol, I would say there are two symbols of of my wife's uh, desire to have more kids. One is... We bought this stroller that's a double stroller, but they ride tandem instead of side-by-side. And we bought it for our first and only plane trip to St. Louis to see her family. And it was this perfect, like, TSA-style stroller where it's just pipes and then, like, mesh so that it it can go really easily through um, X-ray machines. And, you know, it's not one of those things where you're like you know, thick canvas that wraps around it. It's easy to kind of see stuff. And the seats pop out super easy, and they're really flat. And so my wife spent a lot of time, and we both we spent a lot of money on this thing for our kids, and we've had it since Kateri and since Cecilia was a baby. And so it's like it's it's a chapter that's closing on nine years, right? Wow. And the idea was yeah. if Shannon's pushing that stroller, maybe there's a baby, and Thomas, who's five, can still ride in the front as just a, you know in like a big kid's seat, but the baby you know is in a stroller. Yeah. And so really, honestly, that was the last piece of baby equipment in the garage that was kind of preventing it from from us going to that next step because it's super big and bulky as you can imagine a double stroller in tandem would be and it has to hang from the roof and it's where all my lawn tools are and i couldn't push my bench up against that wall as long as that was there so my my wife agreed that we're going to get rid of that and then the other item is a toddler it's like a plastic car that you sit on the floor and it has a little it's just a stupid little plastic thing you honk the horn all this stuff but the kids get in it and, but it sits on the floor. It doesn't have a floor, so it's not like they're sitting in a chair that then, like my kids do with those little push cars where their little feet dangle and they push yeah. themselves along. My yep. kids have fallen through the footboard part onto the ground and gotten pinned before, which is hilarious <laughs> and painful. Uh, hilarious for me. But uh, 
and and that's like the toy that all little kids, all toddlers love when they come over to our house. Yeah. And we just had a, a family over for a potluck last night, and then afterwards she goes, "It's time that that needs to Aww. go to." And it's hard oh, for man, her, you know. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. That's the pivot, right? That's the thing where you're like, okay, we need to build the, um, you know, Dolph Lundgren gym for couples uh, in our garage slash woodworking. Um, but uh, it, it comes at a price. It comes at a price. And that's the price of, of us now moving to not thinking about kids. That's tough. Yeah. And I know that that's been a thing that's been on your guys' heart and stuff. And yeah, that's... Um, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I really am. That's because it's it's weird how life when you have certain things that happen. This is why I think um, reading books is so important because it gives you the space to understand like that. Almost symbols in your life can actually like there can be things um, like that where you can start to go, okay, this is what this kind of embodies, which allows um, you to process what's what's going on. This is like a much. I mean, I think when uh, so we had to put our we you remember we had to put our um dog down. Um, over the summer, it was, you know, it, it was a tough choice, but it was kind of, it was, um, kind of an obvious choice. And when we realized that her, um, like heart was stopping and stuff, it's like, oh, this is, and how much help she actually was going to need. And, you know, it was like $10,000 for a, you know, pacemaker, or we can understand that this is just going to be a thing that's just going to continually ha- happen to her. I was like, oh, we can't, we can't keep doing that. And, um, so when we put her down, it, it was, I remember kind of having the, this thought of, you know, we've had this dog now for almost five years. And for the bulk of that time, you know, we haven't had kids and we have certainly tried. We had two miscarriages and she came into our lives because of, because of the first one. And it was very like symbolic that that part of our life was ending. Then now we have Everly. And it's weird, like, because when you have a kid, you don't have time to stop and think about, like, our lives have changed so much. It's like, <laughs> like oh, sand through the hourglass. Yeah. These are the days of our lives. It's yeah. four in the morning and I'm dead inside. Like, you know, <laughs> and I can barely function. Why is a 37 year old male doing this? What a horrible choice I've made. <laughs> um, no, it's not. I'm true at all. But, um, Really, it was like her, having to put her put her to sleep was the thing that made me go, "Oh, that part of our life is over with." Like, honestly, that's what helped me realize that we weren't in Cincinnati anymore. Which sounds weird, but I I just so associate her with Cincinnati because we had her, we you know we got her there. I mean, Aaron um walked her across the, the Roebling Bridge the day that we got her, which is the famous bridge in Cincinnati that they based the Brooklyn um bridge off of, and. Um, you know, and like on our first apartment, you could see straight onto downtown. And I remember me and Aaron would be on our porch hanging out and she would be there. And just so I, I like when I am, when I am think of our early marriage, she's in all of it. And then now that she's not, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, this is like, this, this is a sign, you know, because honestly, and she would have been a really hard dog to have on with the kid, you know? And so it, in a, there's a way where like, we really do miss her, but it's also like, oh, almost like, thank God that it happened the way it did. Cause it would be. Like I don't think she would have handled Everly well. She actually kind she um yapped at her once, but like she couldn't um, do anything because he was, was like I'm um, far away. But it was like oh this isn't gonna go well. <laughs> like we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to keep her far away from Everly. And so that's um I'm real sorry. I, I know how tough like that is, but it's uh um like you're also entering into like a real exciting part of your life too. Yeah, you yeah. know it's true. It's true. So. It's just it's just so different. That you kind of you have to draw that line, and the the good news is I'm drawing that line so that I can get my body tight like a tiger and uh, my woodworking up and running. 
You know, I th- for half a second, I just thought you tried to flex your peck with <laughs> your shirt. Look, Today's episode of Catching Foxes is sponsored by Choose Life. What is Choose Life besides a catchy name? Well, it is a mama-owned company, and their mission is to grow devotion to the rosary. So, you know, try to try to hit on that. You can. If you, if you do, you need to go to confession. They um, have, like, silicone rosaries for, you know, tiny, tiny babies. They've got gemstone on the rosary bracelets for women, and they have simple on the wooden rosary bracelets for men. This is a really cool company, and I really encourage you to go and uh, find their stuff, because here's the thing. I've got an eight-month-old kid who's absolutely adorable, except she loves to bite on my hand. But uh, there's only so much hand biting I can take before she breaks the skin and I start to bleed. So a much better alternative is when she is able to chew on these beautiful silicon on the rosaries that our very good friends bought for us for for her and she loves it and she looks so holy doing it because she's going to be a saint and she's going to join a convent because i can't handle the thought of her dating i'm actually going to go and check out i don't want to say real rosaries but other rosaries that they have that you probably should not chew i'd guess but they design all of their rosaries so that it can be possible for every obstacle person to pray the rosary each day regardless of how young they may be or how busy their lives are try to make the rosary even a small part of your life so they've already introduced their spring line and they have a lot of amazing products on their website which is at www.chooselife.com get it www.chewslife.com. You get it. So as always, use the code um, CatchingFoxes10 for, and if you've ever heard a podcast before, this is going to blow your mind, 10% off of your purchase. Again, if you were to um, use the code CatchingFoxes10 at ChooseLife.com, you can get 10% off of your purchase. Again, that's 10% off of the purchase at ChooseLife.com with the code CatchingFoxes10. This really is a product that I will 100% stand behind and would not be opposed if they were to almost send me all of the free stuff or perhaps i should just go and be a good person and go and i'm gonna use the code i'm the catching foxes 10 to get 10 percent off of my purchase and i hope you do the same thank you to choose life for sponsoring this episode of catching foxes luke can i tell you who i sat behind can i tell you who i sat behind at mass the other day uh, John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones! That's a deep cut that only few people are going, going to get. And I am not one of them. <laughs> it's from the movie 13 Days, Robert McNamara. John Paul Jones! <laughs> hey, does this lighting make my eyes look cross-eyed? No. No? No. Tiny picture. It's your okay. cross-eyed eyes that make your eyes look cross-eyed. <laughs> so, that that's guess, who, guess who I sat behind? I sat behind... That guy. Okay. Now, when you're thinking about Catholic Church Mass, who is that guy for you? All right. There's a couple of that guys, right? Oh, gosh. I haven't been in so long. I forget. You haven't been to a church mass? No, no, because just because we've been trying to avoid it just because of oh, COVID right. and stuff. And Neverly and all that stuff and just um, and my stroke and whatnot. And that's why when I uh, had the COVID, it was a little bit dangerous. <laughs> a little bit dangerous. But, you know. Okay, who's, that who's that guy? Who's that guy? I don't know. Uh, I would say, for me, that guy tends to be uh, a thing. I don't know. I don't know. 
over the top operatic singer guy. Oh, that guy. That guy's fun. Sing glory to God. Who like holds the note See, a little bit too long. I tend to assign that to a woman, not out of a sexist reason, but just like that's what I tend to be my experience of that more. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But in this case, that guy was for me. The guy who he just hung on to them notes and did not want to let go. I'm like, let it go. I dare you to let try to stop me. I dare you. You hear this vibrato? It goes on for days. <laughs> glory to God. Glory to glory to God in the highest. Sing. Yeah. 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 I think that was the song. I think that was the song. And it was. Oh, man, it was all kinds of vicious. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it, so I just slapped him, and then I coughed in his face. And I'm like, maybe I have COVID. Ball's in your court. And he's like, that's not funny. And I'm like, wow, you have a strangely nasally voice for a man who sings like this. And the priest just looks, and he goes, Gomer, would you stop? I can't. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish my wife has been asking for you. I probably have ADHD, sir. But I won't get tested because I'll be humiliated, even though this is my yearly theme is year of humility. <laughs> to say, thanks for saying the thing that I have would humiliate you. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I just started. That's just one of the things. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. We all know that I can't. Oh, I'm going to keep coughing, everyone. I'm so sorry. Do you edit out my coughs? Not that I haven't been listening to the podcast. Just last week's. Just last week's. I, they were a bit much. Yeah. yeah if you, it's, it's tough, man. Why do you think I feel? I'm starting to get into it. Like, I'm starting to have headaches and stuff because it's like, but it's getting, it's getting better. Okay. So I have to stop exercising. I exercised for five minutes. I did some core stuff off of Peloton and it destroyed me. Ah. So that was cool. All right, Luke, let's get into the topic. Okay. What's the topic today? So, uh, our topic today, we're going to do the classic Elmo Catching Foxes move, which actually was one of the reasons, like, one of the, when I started to get the idea for the podcast, we started to, to talk about it, and I tried to, in my mind, think about, like, what could it be. I started to listen to a lot of Elmo Catholic podcasts, and I um, heard this one, and I say, oh, my gosh, yes, like, what they're doing, they're talking about the ideas of the stuff that I want to talk about, the real life experience of that, and like all those things, then it's obviously Catholic stuff you should know. And they haven't they had they had an episode that I heard from Father Harrison from uh, the Clerically Speaking podcast. He said you need um, to listen to this; it is insanely good. And I said I didn't I'm gonna say anything because I was so feeling like such on the garbage. I was like I'll get back to him, and then I never did. Sorry. No, I think we may have touched touch base. Um, after after I listened and, and and I listened to their episode called um, "Leaving the Zoo," and if you it's, it's not a prerequisite that you need to um listen to that episode before we have this conversation, but it kind of is. So I would recommend going going and listen to it if you want to skip all the banter, which I don't think you should because that's part of the experience. But whatever, uh, start at the eleven minute mark. Uh, it is excellent it is maybe i wouldn't say it's the best podcast that that they have ever done but it is up there with like the top um five and i think probably the only other stuff like the only stuff i would put higher are things that have like impacted my life more but they are they were able to put into words stuff that i experience in like in ministry and in my own career that i'm like okay like we're finally like this is starting um, to frame one of the challenges that the church has right now, and I, I'm going to turn it over to you because this is what you're good at. 
do you want to kind of explain? You were able to listen to the whole thing pretty much. Yeah, no, I listened to the. I went to the eleven minute mark, and they're actually still doing their banter at that mark. But I started there because it's, it was also good because they had this funny. It was the tail end of the banter where they were talking about where to put the Tupperware, and I didn't get it at all. Like they're obviously talking about like the messiness of a rectory or something like that, and uh, and it was funny because it comes up later. In the actual yeah, serious yeah. part, and it sinks in kind of perfectly. So it just started at the eleven minute mark, and I listened to it in two point five speed because I had ten minutes to crush thirty <laughs> minutes of content. Uh, that's what like, that's called working with Luke. Right <laughs> He's like, I got an idea. You probably don't have to, but you should listen to this. And I was like, There's nothing double speed can't fix. So <laughs> I mean, quiet kids. So it was it was really great because Father Goble came forward and with this understanding of. Um, you know, the nature of the church in mission. And so they talked a little bit about that. Like, we're a church on mission. we got to be on mission. It's a part of the church's identity. So if you're not in mission, it's not really the full church. And COVID-inspired um, Archbishop Aquila because he had to really reflect on death because he had the, the old age and the other warning factors that he might die if he gets it. And he was very secluded, and the isolation led him to think about death and judgment. And they kind of went at it from that angle. And the idea was... Uh, and the whole time I'm thinking, I was like, yeah, this is t- I can totally see why this resonates with Luke. The idea of mission and community are totally complementary in the teaching of the church. We go forth from community and call people into community. But you have this chronic problem of priests in isolation. And the, the, the topic leaving the zoo is a reference that he said, um, Father John said, about um, the worst the seminary Clay album. Yes. Yeah, and uh, the seminary life, he said, you know, you're all like animals in a zoo. You have community, you're well-fed, you have all this stuff. But the day you get ordained, they are throwing you into the wild, and you are going to get torn apart. And he tells a story about how the first day this guy became a priest, he was the pastor of five churches on Indi- on an Indian reservation. Five churches, mm-hmm. first day as a priest. And he's like, and of course, it did not end well for him and his priesthood. And so they start talking about, like, but we don't even have community. So what are we on mission from and for? And, I, I mean, obviously I resonate with that across the board, but they were speaking to it as priests. And, they, you know, and Father John and Father Goble have this whole thing of the, what's it called, the community of St. John or something like that, yeah, yeah. where they are diocesan priests so that companions. live in community. The companions, that's right. And they live in community with one another. And he was saying, he was, they were both referencing how the church is hemorrhaging because they have no idea how much pain the isolation has caused our priests in a lot of real ways. So m- one of my summaries is... Because the missionary nature of the church is identical, but the church is also communion, the, when you take communion away, uh, you, you have churches now that are in mission, but the communion that we're calling people to is not great. The community is not great, mm-hmm. um, mostly because the human side of it sucks. So you have people with great prayer lives who don't know where the Tupperware goes. Well, and that's – sorry, I, I just want to interject. Yeah. But sorry, you're almost done, so keep, Yeah, and keep, then the keep, other thing is when you don't have mission, the community gets weird. And he's like, you know, you got you become insular and self-referential. And if, if you don't have that heart for others, it becomes weird. And you have these weird Catholic communities that grow up and they have their own schools, their own little government, their own this. And then pretty soon just falls apart into like cultic-like behavior, which we've talked about, about charismatic communities mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, and I, I'm doing, um, I, I promise we're not just trying to like, um, we're not uh, trying to rehash um, what they said. But, but I think it's, it's, it's important to put all that out there before we jump up to this next part here. Um, what really hit me was when he, was when they said that if you if if you look at mission, and this has always been 
the tension I think with people our age who have really uh, like actively rejected what a lot of people, I mean to be honest, what a what a what a, like a lot of the boomer lay leaders in the church have tried to do, which is put an emphasis on the whole like here's the strategy, let's do these some of SWOT analysis, let's pay sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to have a a. Let's like have like a let's like have like a strategy that is just awful and it doesn't go anywhere and it sits in a binder or it's I've I've I'm a I mean I have to be careful with the things that come out of my mouth right now. Uh, it I have seen this up front and I'm like this is such garbage and it's beyond stupid. And we have been terrible. I mean to be honest, in my opinion, we've been terrible terrible stewards with the gifts that people have um, have. Um, given to us to make like on the ministry happen and i think what really hit me and so you know i've been part of a group that's acted like actively like rejected that say like screw screw all of screw all like your strategy plans i'm reading soul like soul of the apostolate this is what matters and that's really important and that's all about the um, the you know that's all about the like interior life but the thing that like i'm uh, uh, like um, that really um hit me was when it was one when they talked about how when you are on, when you are actually on mission, that is a theological mystery, and it's not the same thing as all of the programs that you do or all of the Bible studies and all, and like that's. And I don't want to put um, words in their mouth, so this is me trying to unpack all this stuff while 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 comparing it to my you know own experience. And I haven't given um, you know that much time to really um, dive into all of it. So anywho, um, as we do. And so, uh, though, if we had more on Patreon support, we could do this full time. Patreon.com slash CF. If you want a better show, Patreon.com slash CF. And so my point, though, is saying that when you were, when you pay attention to, like, you know, like Christ is the vine, use the analogy of, of um, the fig tree, that vine is both Christ, so it's God and man, right? Christ and community. And so it's not that the community is your mission. It's that they're like, they're the root of mission. And it's that like this weird um, mystery, and I think the things that we do, all of the like we're already like we can't help but be on mission when we're doing that stuff, and because to be with Christ is to be on mission, right? You know that's one of the big things that um, that Ratzinger, well, sorry, that Benedict talked uh, talk um, talked about, and I think you have this thing where like it's really your own ministry that then comes out of that stuff because I had that exact same experience that they have talked about when I started the adult office back in 20 on the this is 2017 ish I was at mass and they, they were actually did the whole the whole like um, whole um, baptism and and they said we want to welcome you now into this to this um, a Catholic community and I had this thought which is almost like verbatim of what like father John said which was kind of freaking like this is why we're friends uh when he goes like what community like tell me what community because like what we have sucks and um and it really hit me and how they said like this is like this part of it this like you know the man part is a human problem that if we are rooted in christ needs of human answers and i see this within the church especially as it relates to leadership um, and I've been guilty of over, of saying, if we just have, if we just had like a prayer life, everything, like all of this stuff, um, would be fine. Stop paying the consultants. And I think that, that like a lot of that is true. Cause I think of the way that a lot of consultants 
present this stuff is absolute crap. And if you are a, if you are a, a consultant, like take a hard look at it because it's probably garbage. And the bulk of it is um, is really package us here's the thing you need to do to solve all of your problems we're really what we need is here's the thing that you need to do to solve this problem right here and be specific uh like about that and i think one of the problems that we have is you're right and and, and this is where i'm kind of this is the jumping off point from all this stuff so if there's if, there's, if there really is anything else you want to say about it now is now 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 is the time I think the only thing I would say is the, that notion of mission, they made a, a big point to say it's Trinitarian, meaning like it, it is built in the going forth to the world, to the ends of the earth to bring the gospel. That starts in the father sending the son and the, the father or the son preceding from or proceeding from, excuse me, the father and then the spirit coming forth from them both. And then the son being sent on mission for the father so loved the world that he gave his only son. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he breathed on them, giving them the Holy Spirit. So the idea of all of it was this notion of, like, the church's identity with her mission is our participation in a divine mystery, right? The very inner Mm -hmm. life of God Mm -hmm. is the going forth, as Pope Francis calls it, the being for others. To be called a person, right, the personal status of God as tripersonal means that within the heart of the Trinity— there is relations, and a relationship means being for others. You stand in a relationship to other people. And so if there are the relations within the Trinity, and I'm in relation to the Trinity as a creature, a creature, now that I'm in Christ and a new creation, now Christ's mission and his sonship comes to me. Now I'm, by being on mission, by being a man for others, I am now participating in the inner life of the Trinity out in the world. And I love that that notion of like, yeah, you do see self-referential communities. Like, I, I always ask myself, why am I not like all those people who go cult or as near a cult as can be? And the only reason why I think there's something that pulls me back is that evangelistic impulse in my heart that the Lord gave me is like, nah, this is going to sound weird to the world. Mm-hmm. Like, they got to drink a lot of Kool-Aid in order to think, okay, well, I'll also wear a dirndl and shave my head and carry an AK-47 and homeschool, and only speak Latin, and, like, whatever it might be. And that's where I felt like, okay, I, it's not like I'm letting the world um, mitigate my religious faith, but there is this thing of, like, being still able to speak to those who are on the outside looking in, or even if they're not looking in, you know? And so I yeah. do think that mission and community without both of them. Well, no, but um, I, no, here's the thing. I think, I think that the community is part of the mission. Like, that's the yeah, key thing. Yeah, yeah. I think we keep trying to... That I that I have experiences, and, and this is what I think one of the ways that I screwed up. But I was on to the right idea when I was directing the young adult office. Is I knew that community was important, so I saw it as like this step we had to take in order to be on mission. Instead, it is part of the mission. Like you yeah. can't the community have community is the mission. Yeah. Well, I mean, not in its entirety. But it is a major component of it that if you do not have that on like just a natural for your day to day life, it's not going to work. Hmm. And and so um, I'm going to go to the jumping off point now. One two three, wee. Okay, so this might not connect, but I think it does. So I've been reading this book for um uh, for grad school. And have I told you where I'm going to grad school at? 
Uh, yeah, you said you're going to uh, Bob Jones University. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, I'm sorry. Only the greatest. I'm a Catholic school in this country. Thank you. Oh, besides Francis University. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't say that without. I'm the laughing. Catholic <laughs> University of America. Da, 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 Catholic <laughs> University. They don't have a song. Yeah. I forget the alma mater thing, but I know that Bob Rice Ruiz has got that cool guitar sound he does that I like. Um. So I've started to. Um, so I've actually just got done uh, uh, with this book for uh, this, for this one on the class that I'm going to be taking in um, June, and I had to read the leadership challenge, and it there are parts of it where like the way that he talks are just a step above um, live laugh love or the way this guy writes because I was doing <laughs> I did the audio book this this time yeah. where I'm like oh my gosh be specific which is it, it's so funny how much it was like in line with the stuff that they I, I think I told Aaron is filled with platitudes and sentimentality which is then what yeah. Father John said about this stuff and as I started to go in there I went okay I I this is like what the church is missing and these are things that like either both myself or you know really other people have um have um you know brought up and i think the difference with you know on what i'm saying here and i think groups like the amazing parish they get all of this right where they say if you don't have your if you don't have your prayer life if you don't have a, if you don't have a communal life you can't do this professional undevelopment stuff and to be honest i think the church thinks that she like forms leaders and i think the church is full of shit <laughs> I, I like I, I truly don't and like like the more I've dived into this book, I'm like, you're wrong. And like, this is part of the human problem that we need to solve because this is actually, especially if we all are like, I'm a living a life of faith and really have a community. And part of this is how you form a community with your parish staff or with people at your apostolate. Like it makes a really big difference. So I kind of, I, I want to like walk through this in light of this idea of like, we have some, we like have a lot of brokenness and, Christ wants to Christ wants to heal that, and he wants to restore his church. Obviously, but a lot of this stuff means real, I'm like, like real like human answers, but not the ones that are um, packaged by these garbage consultants. Like we need to look at like what real leadership, um, what real um, leadership like leaders are actually are actually trying to say through through the lens of the church. Test everything. Hold on. Hold on. Um, to the good kind of a thing. So I, I want to go through like the kind of five, uh, the, like, uh, like I'm a five on the major points of they say, this is what the best leaders do. Okay. And I, I'm happy you're doing this because I have five weeks of a leadership training course that I'm putting my juniors and seniors in high school through because I figure that COVID stole most of their opportunities for mm-hmm. community service to pad the college application letters, you know, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, how they yeah, all, yeah. so I'm like, okay, yeah. well, let me do this. Let me offer leader a leadership training seminar. So I'm calling it the five-week leadership seminar. And week one is going to start with uh, Mark 10, servant model of leadership, right? So Jesus saying, uh, the Gentiles lord their power over others, but it is not to be so among you. The greatest must serve the least. The ruler must serve the slave, uh, just as I did. You know, the Son of Man came to serve and not to be served, right? And so that's, that is literally what I'm going to be working on them with. And I have a handful of books and tools that I want to use, so I'm probably going to start audiobooking the crap out of this. Sorry, Macbeth. Go on, Luke. And so I want to uh, again, like this, it's a it can be a rough audiobook at times because it's just, it's like oh my gosh, so many platitudes, so many. I just want to punch someone in the face every time he says it. I'm like, give me a not like stop being like. And then they <laughs> shared their values, and they were more productive. 
I'm like, what values? <laughs> Tell me. The Matrix has ended. It's a new BetterHelp read from your friend Luke. Uh, so you guys have heard us talk about I'm a BetterHelp before at length. And we're going to talk about Better. That's H-E-L-P again. Listen, BetterHelp can help you get hooked up with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start um, communicating with one in less than like 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional online counseling done securely online. You've, you've heard it talked about on our show. You've heard it talked about like a whole bunch of podcasts. Look, guys, God wants you to find from a healing. God wants you to be the person he created, he create you to be. And if you're over the age of 25 and you haven't been to counseling, now is the time. BetterHelp is committed to um, facilitating great therapeutic um, matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more of affordable than traditional offline counseling and this is cool financial aid is available so um, better help wants you to start i'm um, living a um, happier life today go to their website read all all of the testimonies that are on there posted daily and guess what guys guess what Go to betterhelp.com slash foxes. That's betterhelp.com slash foxes. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their own mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been, have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in, in all of 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash foxes. So if you go to betterhelp, you will get 10 10% off your first month. That is fantastic. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring yet another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. Take that Catholic stuff you should know. Chasing foxes, my ass. I w- and I want to add, like, uh, Two caveats to all of this. One, why I brought up all of the Catholic stuff stuff is that I think this, in the context of what they talk about, what they have talked about in terms of like what you know is mission, how do we solve these um, human problems as, as relates to the like where we are, where we are um, failing people in the context of mission. Yeah, because I think yeah, and- as soon as you get away, sorry, let me just, um, uh, just really quick. As soon as you get away from that. This becomes just a man on the driven thing. Come like, come like, completely because it's not coming from and going back to God. It's just us, and that's where this is like. This is the other umbrella that I have. This can get really like techne really really quick, and you yeah. need to you need to try to avoid this idea of like this is about power and winning. Although I think it's good to identify like what are we trying to do? What is winning? Yeah. But like understanding yeah. that like. Christ ends his public ministry dying on a cross, and that could be what we're um, called to do. Called to yeah. do, and which I think these things still apply when you are yeah. called to do that. So one sorry, thing I will say, or the the comments I'll make of all the church reform movements that exist, one of the things I love about divine renovation, um, I have more misgivings. I have some. I'm, I'm like betwixt and between myself with them, but. Um, the reason why I love them in the beginning more than the others is unlike the others, which just said, these are what evangelical megachurch pastors are doing. Let's copy it in a Catholic context. Uh, Father James Mallon said, what we have in the church is a deficit of leadership, a deficit of devotion, a devotion to our Lord, a deficit of leadership, and no sense of mission, right? And so uh, a buddy of mine who has been working for the church for 30 years, he came to me in the middle of the crisis, and he was a sex abuse scandal. And he said, I've been listening, listening to Catching Foxes, and I have to tell you, you know, like all the stuff you did, you guys are doing great work. He said, but if I could sum it up, I would say the crisis of the church is the crisis of leadership. I appreciate you looking at it through this lens of 
you know, we're not doing a SWOT analysis, but we are like focusing on this thing here. Um, but I'm interested to see what what the five are. So, let's so deep dive. Um, I would I want to add like a more quick thing too here bef- bef- before I uh, go into this. If again, we're gonna probably I'm gonna focus on a lot of th- the human parts and always try to think of it in the context of that like uh, of that I'm a Catholic, of that I'm Catholic stuff episode. I'm sure, I'm sure we will uh, we will try to bring that up. And two, when you really look at leadership. It is they're not I think in the church we think it is personalities. And that's almost like what we expect. But real like real like leadership is actually behaviors. And it's things that you have to learn and you have and you like have to try and you honestly have like have to fail at. So here's where it starts. So here is the first one. You have to model the way. You have to model the way. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've sat in meetings with some people where people have gone, you know what we need to do? We need to just like have this conference or just do this. I'm like, I'm like, if you don't do this yourself for one year or you know, perhaps even longer, no one's going to follow you. So and it's important that you like that people you people want to talk about what's important to them. And they really want to talk about uh, the things that like, hey, this is what we're going to not only like this is this is um this is like what we're going to do this is why we're going to to do it and then you have to actually do it so if you're in a church on um, a leadership job or like really anything and you say i want it's important to us that we are that we have people who are like on a team and that they work you know um well together or that the priest um listens to his lay staff and then you don't listen to your lay leaders you have failed you have to model the way. And a big part of that is you need to say, like, what's important to you? You have to learn and try to really understand those 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 things because then you could you're you it's very easy to be say like this is what I want. I want you to so it's let's pretend that it's important that you be um to you, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, of like um what is a value that some like you know church leaders have? I'm trying to think of one. I think like one would be evangelization or something like that. Okay. Okay. And if you don't talk about like, well, is that important to you? And if so, what does that look like? Because evangelization, when you look at the teachings of the Catholic Church, is it's not uh, it's not uh, it's it's um not rocket science, but it's not a sermon either. It's not yeah. just like you have it's to talk. It's not just giving talks and people totally, to your talks. Totally. And so you need to talk about th- those things and then, then you need to clarify them. And then you need to actually like model that. So if your thing is like it's not just talks, then it's like a thousand talks. It's like you're, you're, <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> yeah, I had to read a uh, Harvard Business um, School study uh, for my workshop on leadership. And um, literally the first thing that they said was why most leadership strategies fail. And the number one reason why they fail, whether, the, you know, you're talking huge corporations, small businesses, startups, whatever. And it says it all fails because senior management doesn't first practice what it preaches. It says we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, but we don't do this as a senior leadership. And they said once it doesn't filter, it never filters down because the VPs are looking at the C-levels and they're like, well, they're not doing it, so I'm not going to do it. This is annoying business as usual. Well, and because and what that does is it – communicate that it's not really important and then you have to define for yourself which is like what's important which is really what i want to do and and i won't do the things that i don't want to do yeah you know so uh so number one is model what is it the way model the way model Model the way. way Two, inspire a shared vision 
And this is actually harder than what you think it would be. And I, if you really want to, if you, uh, and I think some people try to reduce this to, you need to get others to like, you know, like buy in or say, I like, I want to really, I want um, to hear you out while I'm trying to like get your buy-in for the thing that I already have in my head. Um, when you want to enlist others to really help, you actually have to do it. So I, and like, honestly, for like, I think a, I think that really means you have to have them be a part of the discussion as to what is your vision. So when you ha- when you when you have a youth ministry that you want to run, you you know are a leader. Um, and if you're in prayer and you think God is telling me to you know do this, you need to share it with your with your core team. Help them help you discern: Is this what God's actually telling you to do, or is this what God is you know telling you to do? In your own life, because if it's like God wants me to make this all about um porn, and you're looking about porn every night, um, it's probably about you, not about the teens. Although teens are as well, but um, <laughs> you know, like it's, no, but yeah, totally. And I think that's most church leaders, and I think really, I think we are we think we need cause because we're a little bit behind. We think we need to have a vision, and then we need to we need to pitch that to everyone, which actually like it's. Kind of the reverse. You need to really um, talk to people, understand what they want, um, get them involved. Honest, connecting, honestly connecting people to the vision that you have is the hardest thing. It's the hardest lesson that I had to learn. And because there's so much arrogance that I had, especially mm-hmm. in coming into this job, because I'm so much better educated than all the pew sitters around me. They don't get it. Get in line. And I can't tell you, like, how many horrible conversations I've had with people because I was doing just what you said, like, trying to get them to buy into the things that I already had constructed in my head from a very um, from a very academic and disengaged place. And it was really only after, I would say, three solid years of being a part of the community that you actually can understand what the pulse of the community is. In, and, and this was my home parish. Like, I grew up in this yeah. parish. But, of course, yeah. things change. People change. People move away. New people come in. People are active in all different ways. Um you know, people burn out who are heads of ministries that kind of shaped and molded your parish. You know, new people come on board who carry the church or, or a particular important mission in a totally or ministry in a totally different direction. And so it, it took me about three full years to get it. And then you have new people on staff and on leadership that we I don't think we give credit to how much other people affect us and their moods affect us. Yeah. And what a good we point. do and don't share. Yeah. Like I remember one person saying, ever since this person came on board, I've been feeling really negative about the church because all they do is dog the church. But ever since they left, I've been feeling really positive about the church because you don't just dog the church. I said, no, of course I don't. That's why I have a podcast. (laughs) But, but, I mean, it is real. Like, there's this notion of people who are like, we don't realize how much we affect each other and how much we affect our – I would say the number one reason why – me being a good visionary sucks. It's not because of a lack of vision. It's I'm demoralized. And that sex abuse scandal drained the Ford momentum out. It's like it just let all the air out of my tires. And it's like, I mean, I still have the engine. I still got the horsepower. I just can't go anywhere because yeah. I'm like flat, you know? Well, and um, one thing that like that I'm so glad that you brought that up because uh, like one part of this book that really hit me was how much being – so I've like – Aaron um, brought this up to me the other day, and this was really, really hard to hear. I've gotten, re- like, really cynical. 
in the past in the and I I'm starting to and well because I said one of the priests kind of made a joke about like me being so like cynical and I'm like I am especially about the culture um and I'm like I have gotten that I haven't always been that cynical and Aaron's like yeah you've gotten pretty bad <laughs> and this book talks about how the like what if you're tr- like what being a positive individual does for you and how important that actually is and how I think you're totally right like you're if you don't intentionally try to like be positive and really and, and which which um, doesn't mean you can't I'm talking about hard things but you like I think it's actually where hope comes into play and like like God's gonna work through this like we can keep going like we can fight through this we can get through anything um, we got through the past um, 2,000 years somehow. It's kind of insane. It's almost like there's a Holy Spirit there. Um, the uh, um, you're gonna. I honestly think now you're gonna create a vision, even if you don't try to. And if it's and if and if it is and if it is left up to you and your peers, it's going to kind of suck. Yeah. So you have to. And so it's like, gonna look a lot like you and your peers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the problem. Yeah. 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 And it's, and and um and and, and if, especially if you have poor leadership, you and your peers are gonna be pretty upset with your job. You know. And, and yeah. it, so it becomes this perpetual like almost cycle where we're all just like, how many people that work at dioceses are freaking miserable? Yeah. You know. And yeah. so um, there's one more thing that I just want to add to this. If I could change anything about my job when I was th- being adults. The director, I would have gone out. To, I would have. Um, I would have uh, gone out to lunch almost every day with like one person. Yeah. And I think, especially in the beginning, just try to understand, like, hey, like, spend almost like half a year. Tell me about like what you see going on. What's God doing in your life? Because that, and start to cultivate with with others, have a vision out of that. So, um, and I that means part of our budgets have to be allocated towards giving the time to do this stuff, which might involve going out, going out for coffee, going out to lunch and all that stuff. Uh, here's the third part. And this is the one I kind of had the hardest um, time with, but I think it's actually, I don't like that they call it this, but it's fine. Challenge the process as my eyes roll. Um, <laughs> live, laugh, love. Um, really, that's where you want to um, search for opportunity. Like really like what's like, find where are those opportunities and don't be afraid of actually trying to take risk. Um, we do not give people permission to, to fail. I've when you ha- when you have that, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons I, why I, I became a director. That, yeah, that's yeah, one of the sorry, reasons why I became a director in my parish because I could not have a whole leadership team over me, critiquing me, where I felt like I couldn't measure up because I did something new and it didn't turn out well. Right, like I can identify problems pretty easily, and trying to address them effectively is, you know, that's a next step. And then the administratively supporting it, you know, and creating the apparatus and the the processes to kind of support the the good work that you're doing. I suck at miserably, um, but the the idea of being told by all different people, you know, hey, you, you know, let the just let this group go. You just start your own new thing over here. Even though it's in competition with the same group of people and, the you know, it's obviously a dead ministry. Like, no, 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 just just do your own thing. You're not allowed to tamper, touch, move, rearrange. You're not allowed to do any of that. Just So for me, it was like I need to get out of this, get out from under this so that the things that I'm trying to accomplish, I won't have 20 people critiquing me. I will have 
basically I'll have no one critiquing me. That's <laughs> the way my parents are set up. So it, it does give me permission to try things like this leadership seminar and to epically fail at it. I remember when I started the young adult office, um, I knew we needed to build – I knew really two things. One was that St. Andrew was going to be extremely important to all of that, and we needed community. And I was pretty sure that God was calling us uh, – what was the thing? I forget the verse now because I've got I've, – uh, I, I um, uh, have COVID brain. But I knew we needed community, and that's what we needed to form. And I knew I needed to start in Cincinnati because, one, that's where I was. That's where the lowest hanging fruit was. And it just it – was, as, I was, as, I was, as I was like praying about it, that's where my heart was. I'm like, Lord, this is where my heart is. This is where I'm going to go. Tell me if I'm wrong. But this is where I'm going. And I remember going up to Dayton, having a dinner, because I was um, trying to be involved in Dayton as much as I could. And this is right as, I mean, right as I was, like, beginning. And they are asking me, like, you know, so tell us, like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know yet. I, have a, I like, have a couple of, I, have a, um, I like, have a couple of ideas, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I need, I need to figure this out. This is brand new. And this girl kind of, like, went off me. She's like, we need to be formed as missionary, as a missionary disciples and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I don't really think you're right. And I'm not going to be involved in anything any of you do. <laughs> like I just, I'm just going to kind of like, I'm going to try to help. I'm going to, um, keep it, keep your distance. But like to be honest, I just don't think you're right. And I heard that. I mean, I didn't um, say that. I really, I'm um, heard them out. I said I really, I'm um, appreciate your feedback and all this stuff. But I, I kind of remember having a thought, being like that. That was weird. That actually kind of hurt to like just be not attacked, but just like, you know have a person out of nowhere go like, well, this is why you suck. Or this is why like all of your ideas are bad that, that, that you have um, right now. And I was like, I, I'm okay. Cause like, I think the, like, I think I'm um, what a lot of people um, wanted to, what I think a lot of people um, wanted to see happen very, very fast was all these apostolates, all these training sessions, all these things up and running. And I remember having thought of, I just don't believe that if we don't have a community, this is pointless. This is just stuff we're gonna um, we're gonna like we're basically, I mean this is gonna be a little bit okay. I'm not gonna I'm not going to go there. I was gonna get a little bit crude, but like we're just trying to make ourselves feel good and like we want to be like reassured about like what we're gonna do, as opposed to saying like let's like and it was to have to tell um people like I'm gonna kind of not do anything up in your area because we need to start this thing that's gonna take a long time, and. That was a really big. That was a really, really big risk, and uh, it did pay off. But at the same time, I was able. To, I don't want to go too into this, but I, I was solely on the ministry that I helped on the build, then take a risk and then completely fail, and it was like, oh, that that sucks, <laughs> you know, and, and like, and it just there's you know, and that's. But I think that needed to happen. It may have been what God was even calling to us. So I think it's it's important to like give yourself, give others permission to fail because God is on the bigger than any of that. Okay. So what are the three again? So one so one is um the model of the way. Two is ins- inspire a um the shared vision. Then you like have number three, which is I'm gonna challenge the process. Here is number four. <laughs> um to enable others to act which is where you want to foster like you want people to feel like they are a uh part of this team and they actually i um, want as far as say like be friends with your coworkers, be friends i um, with your boss like 
people are happier at work when they like working with the people who are there and they actually count them as their friends. And that's a hundred percent true. It is hard. It is hard when your personalities, I, I remember this, like, what, what, what is it? What is the rule again? How does it, how's it, how do they phrase it? Enable others to act. I mean, just speaking about the friends and coworkers thing, there are people that I easily befriend who are coworkers and there are other people who I'm not friends with in terms of, like, I would never go out. If we didn't know each other through work, I wouldn't be friends with them. But I respect the heck out of what they do and who they totally. are yep. on the job, you know? Yep. yep. My wife used to always say that. She would always say, you don't have to love, you don't have to like everyone that you work with. But you have to love them in Christ and you have to be professional always. And sometimes be professional means arguing and being candid and sometimes it means you just take one on the chin and you just deal with it and move on um she said but it never means you be unprofessional like you immediately gossip about them you try to totally destroy them gossip is murder and it's just but you don't that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna go drinking on a thursday night with them however i have found that the more i hang out with people who own their own business the more that type of stuff actually happens or it's like every two or three weeks are like, hey, why don't why don't we as a staff go out and do a happy hour at blah blah blahs? You know, like let's all go to whatever that place was. Let's all go to Chili's, like in the office, right? Like they actually do stuff like that, and I feel bad that like I think sometimes the church kind of feels like, well, not only are we your religious institution and your place of work, you know, now we got to be your your social network too. But I mean, most people's best and sometimes only friendships are work friendships so i'm so glad you brought that up because that's what that's like what they i've talked about in there that's a hundred i was gonna bring that up like spend money you don't have to spend a lot of money you can even spend your own money just go out to lunch like once a month i can't tell you how great it was at the archdiocese knowing that like these are my real life actual friends we were in community um, with each other we'd been to each other's houses we were in each other's weddings like Brad Bursa to this day is still one of my best friends in like in the world. As is someone like um like just all like, these are like great um people that I miss horribly now. And uh, COVID has been just just great. Um, what a year. Uh, but you actually to you know take the time and you don't have to spend like hundreds of dollars or anything. But when you go to a conference, go out to eat, go out to eat with. Um, with each other um just like go to do something fun every now and again like go to the bars uh i love the idea there was this one group in the book that at the end of the fiscal year they actually had a new year's eve party which like you know theirs was in june and they like had champagne the ceo i'm gave it i'm like i'm actually i think that's the thing that i'm going to steal because a lot of the stuff that i do tends to um have a fiscal year that ends in june and I, you're on like you the one of the best ways to build community real community is just to eat together yeah yeah like it's why companions in, people we break bread together totally it's, it's it's why in movies and like and, um and in books anytime you see anyone eating it's implying they're like in community somehow and how that goes is you know an overall reflection of their relationships and That's so why it's, feasting is so important to the church. Yeah, 
Absolutely, and we no. Don't do it well outside of going to a liturgy. It's I mean, think weird. about yeah. Think about all the European and for me, I'm so blessed with all the Mexican holidays and just think about all the foods that exist that were literally invented around a feast day, right? From chocolate gold coins in your kid's shoes for St. Nicholas Day, um, types of breads that people make, types of foods that they serve on the Day of the Dead, like all of these different things. Like all of these things were invented within a community that was worshiping together and feasting and fasting together. You know, Carnival and all of these things, Mardi Gras and all the things associated with it. And, And now it's all about like boobs and butts. But then it was about... Right, this shared experience of faith and culture. They united at these pinpoint moments. I, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I just um But that's what the... that chapter was about, or that 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 uh title is misleading to me. It is. It's that's one of the again, um live, laugh, love. Like it's it's a little <laughs> bit like a model away, inspire a shared vision, challenge the process, innate like it's like yeah. You're talking about opportunities it, and taking risk. Like that's not what challenging the like it just To me it sounds weird. like what what is the exact title for this this one? To enable others to act. Yeah, it sounds like empowering people to to auto, you know, granting people autonomy and responsibility. Yes, yeah. That's what that Abs- sounds like. Well, I mean that is that sorry, that actually is a part of it as well. Okay. But it's so I mean there's no, no, I mean, there's like buddies. there's I mean they go into depth in all of these things. I mean it is an eleven hour audiobook. So. I already downloaded it. <laughs> and so it's, but like, it's, I'm excited to be able to like, I'm talking about this in my class. It's, I, I guess it's, we'll be, sorry, I don't want to get too into depth. Add to Notre Dame. Um, but like, also like that idea of saying like, you need to allow, like, I do think it's important to, like, one of the things that really hurt me um, when I worked for the church, um, by that I mean the archdiocese, I guess, is my immediate, I'm a, uh, <laughs> be careful. I didn't f- there were very few people who were actually responsible for me that I felt like actually invested in in me and in what I and actually had an investment in what I was doing. Now take that exact comment and pretend you're a priest and you're talking about your bishop. How many priests would say feel the that exact way? Yeah, it's the same, same thing. thing. And that's why you go back to the first point, which is if you don't have it, then it's not important, and I'm not going to try to do it. So you have to model the way. And this is why I think if the church, if we can't do that, then why do do we have only, what, 200 um, dioceses? Why not um, triple the amount of dioceses we have so you actually can? And, like, that's the frustration with this. Like, that's the human um, problem where it's like you're ruining this. Because of I don't even know why. <laughs> Are you scared to challenge the pro? I mean, I hate that term, but like, <laughs> like, but no, but just think of if the process is. I mean, these this has been written about so much, um, but the process of how men become bishops, right? Like, they're they. I mean, you are almost. It is almost beaten into your brain. Do not make waves or you will not get ordained when you're a seminarian. Not at all seminaries, but many of them they they foster a yes father mentality a yes men the yes men who don't make waves are the people who get ordained are the people who get promotions are the people who get nice parishes and if you're intellectually gifted are the and socially you know maybe you have some social issues maybe you go off to rome and maybe you study in rome and then maybe you get a diocese right and it, it very rarely has to do sometimes it does i mean there are Apostolic nuncios are getting information from 
you know, presbyteral councils and all this stuff all the time about, like, well, this priest is truly administratively gifted. This priest is, um, yeah, you know, exceptional at preaching or teaching or whatever. This one is great with the finances or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every so I mean, you get a chapu. Like, I love Archbishop Chapu. Like, I, I really do. I really appreciate so much of what he's actually said and written and not what people comment about. Can already see the comments right now, but um, people pretend like he says. And the the amazing thing about like that leadership model is we lose so many men's native strength at being priests because it was stamped out of them in seminary, right? And, and not all seminaries, right? And not all seminarians, even in the worst seminaries. But I've had multiple people say, uh, w- "There's a a British proverb the." The, fl- the tallest flower is the first to get its head chopped off, right? Like, is the first to be chopped by the skites yeah. or whatever they call it. Yeah. But, so, like, that notion, right? If, like, if you stand out, if you stand up, you're standing out. So get out of the way. Right? And, uh, yeah. Ugh, no, and it's lay people, too. Like, there's oh, so- 100%. 100%. Don't let me just blame. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for saying that. Um, so one person that I have an insane amount of, insane amount of respect for here in the Archdiocese um, is um, Sean Ader. And it's not just because, like, I've known Sean my um, whole life, and we went to Cornerstone together back in 2001. Here we go. And Sean um, loves to bring up that I was a fan of um, DC Talk, and I'm like, quiet. Uh, <laughs> and I want people to know I have a reputation. They all think I hate that now. Um, it, uh, I'm going to go to Furtis Fest. So bad. Okay. Uh, Sean, especially when I first began there, he he really like he did that, and he like he tried, and I and I and I could see how awkward it was for him because he's like he never got it for the most part, and he wasn't I'm used to it, and he had no one to really base that off of, but like I could yeah. tell that he that like he wanted to, and that was for me that meant the like just it is so it's actually better, um it's better to tell people bad stuff. Or it's better to actually tell, like, be like, you know, like, be like awkward and weird than not do anything at all. They've, like, one of the things that hit me about this, like, over and over again was just, like, act, do something. People who actually do stuff do better than people who don't do anything. The worst thing that you can do quite often is actually nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm 100% a believer in that. Yeah. You know? And so I just, like, people want, people, like, I honestly, I, I really think so many, so many parishes, if they were to pay more attention to this, if they were rooted in true mission in Christ, in, in, in the vine, had community and, and all that stuff, would have such. I think that like it's like it's so bad. We it's become like a cliche. The like angry um church secretary, the apathetic um a DRE, or the like guy at the diocese who's like the diocese is. I mean, I I was a walking um cliche. I was so everyone knew how mad I was at the diocese and how much I like hated bureaucracy because I wanted to scream it from the rooftop. I'm like that sucks for the diocese. That's not fair to them because there was some really good stuff there that actually um a really did really really did like but to be honest um um with you if there are things especially and this is true at um catholic at uh, um catholic schools as well i don't think you would have a you might still lose people at the rates that we do because people change jobs now you know quite often but i think you'd have more people banging down the doors to work there because people talk Mm. you know like Mm. people know the parishes they want to apply to or try to go to work at. Like, the, for the most part, the good ones where there's a lot of stuff going on, they don't have a hard time hiring. That's that's not always true. That's not always true. But it, it, um, 
I I would be I, I don't I don't know. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Like, okay, I wonder if we really had fun, exciting places where, people, where like everyone's actually really like like half of the appeal of of like a place I'm like Apple is you know what Apple um, is you know what they care about and what they're and what they are um, trying to do. Yeah. It's not any of the benefits of being an Apple because you hear about how it's like like the work is hard. You have to um, pay for your own food there as, as opposed to other um, – like, but it's like you're making Apple products, which yeah. is like – that's like – I don't know if we have anything um, like that within the church. I think we do in the movements more than anything else. Yes, yeah. I think yeah. we do in the movements. And that's I think true. that's what pulls so many lay people into movements mm-hmm. is you're drawn into um, – and I, I, I've started to model my brain around evangelical and non-denominational churches around that model of a movement, a lay-led movement that is as powerful as the personality of the pastor, the founding pastor. You know, very few of these churches can survive the founding pastor. Because his values, his view, his way of doing things is the culture. And it, very few startups can survive the death of their founder, right? And so what ends up happening is they set the culture so much that no one can adequately fulfill, um, fill the shoes and fulfill the role of being the next generation leader. It's so difficult unless they somehow earn their chops like within the organization and they embody the culture but have some new ideas, blah, blah, blah. But so often it's like Andy Stanley, right? His father, Chuck Stanley, took over um, the Baptist Church of Atlanta. And, uh, you know, he was going to take it in bold new places. And, um, like, one of the deacons punched him in the face, his dad in the face, trying to overthrow him and kick him out of the church. It's like a really messed up story. But he ends up taking (laughs) over. wild. It takes, right, but it takes literally all the elders and all the deacons to leave his church for Chuck Stanley to actually reform it and turn it into what it is now. But that only lasted really for one generation. And then his son Andy was like, well, I'm going to open a satellite campus up in up in uh, you know North Point, mm-hmm. and we're going to build something new out there. And then it ended up breaking away from his dad's church, and actually it was – like a long, it was like a lot of vicious years between him and his dad because he thought his dad was giving him permission to do this new thing, um, which stole tons of families from his dad as people started going to the burbs from the inner city, and uh, and but it's like it's hard to survive the pastor who leaves his mark so powerfully. It's hard to survive laymen who um, who leave their mark on a ministry or a uh, a movement. Like when that fades, I mean. You know, people people are drawn not to the lead or to the leader, not necessarily to Jesus. Right? Well, you know, I've actually come, I had a thing I heard that somewhat challenged my idea of this, and I think you're right. But this thing that what we do is so relational that if you take the person out, it like yeah, it's going to change because what we, it's like it's inherently like God is working. In the gifts and the talents of this, of like this person, you know, so there is an element to that. If I think, yeah, about there's it. charisms that God that yeah, 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 and so it's just because it's when they're gone, it's going to inherently change and be different and be hard and be sad, which is why we need to. I think I love that idea that. Um, Patrick Lanchoni says you need to like mark the end and you need to mark the beginnings of things with some type. Of, you, you you need to have that um ritual. You need to have a celebration. You need to have a you need to have a period of like of mourning almost of your leader. Then you need to like 
say, okay, now it's done. Now we move on. But I think this idea, like... Uh, now it's done. Let's build our gym in our garage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love you. I'm so yeah. sorry. What's the next... How many do we have um, left now? One more. One more. So, anyways, uh, the last one is <laughs> live, laugh, love, encourage the heart. And this is actually good. Okay, so I'm going to kind of like I'm gonna read this little... I know, I heard that. I was like... <laughs> but... Um, recognize um contributions and celebrate the values and victories in specific concrete ways. One of my regrets is that when I left, I didn't write on I didn't write handwritten notes to my core team members at uh, in the adult group that I was in. Sorry, did you know that I uh, ran the thing adult ministry of the archdiocese out in Cincinnati? Oh, I wish I had hand, handwritten um, notes to my core team members like. Every um, couple of months, just to let them know how much I I really um, appreciated um um what they did because what they who they were and the things that they did meant the world to me and it's why it was and is the way that it, uh, the way that it, it was and is because of their relationships there I knew that they were they we had to be actual we had to be actual like friends in order for other people to want to be a part of like what yeah. we were doing and I swear yeah. it was because of them and like um their relationships and how much they love God that we were able I mean we quite literally increased the amount of people who were who like went to any sort of like any sort of the events that the Archdiocese was trying to do for this age group by about eleven thousand percent by about eleven hundred percent because I was doing the math like wow we've, this is insane how much um this has grown in a pretty um short amount of time and one thing that I would do that I tr- tried to hide that now I wish I um didn't said no this is really important is if I had people who really helped me out at an event. I would buy them lunch. I would buy. I bought people's dinner and stuff at the bar that we would go to after the candlelight mass. If they spent the whole time helping out with me that day, because I want in like little concrete ways, I really appreciated um what they did. And I hate like we got in trouble one time because we bought everyone wings and beer after this awesome event that we ran. And it was probably the beer part, but I was like, "This kind of sucks because we just worked our asses off and we put on this huge event that that was awesome." And these people volunteered to help us out, and it was really good. And you're saying we can't celebrate that? Okay, like the beer yeah, part. Yeah, that's the I problem of yeah, yeah. But that's but, the problem of petty thinking, man. Yeah, like, to- it, that's exactly like it's right. people getting they lose the forest for the sake of the trees. Like, yeah, totally. you went over budget ten dollars. You can't be doing that. It's like. Yeah, but we also brought in 30 people into the church who a year ago wouldn't have stepped foot in a church. Yeah, These totally. are the margins. These are the people who are running from the church, and you're upset about $20 or even $500, $1,000. What would we spend if we could celebrate the victories of people totally. becoming Catholic or people being sold out for Christ or people participating in the mission mm-hmm. of the church? Instead, what do we do? We just punctuate retirement parties, right? Like, yeah, totally. All right, this is your ten year, and it, I, it was. I, I think the conference we, room. I don't even know if we 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 might not have bought their beer, or if we did, it was only like one beer a person, which is kind of a standard thing with a lot. Like it was just, it was so like. I think if you would have told our donors who, who helped pay for that, or like who's you know like whose money we use to you know pay, if you could you know somehow track the dollars, say it was these people like and say hey we had this many um kids we had we had a confession line so long that the archbishop himself had to hear said I will help hear confessions because we were so yeah. unexpected with like how 
many people came and how many, I mean, we had a hundred kids during an event. The first event we did get up to try to um, go to confession and we were expecting at most maybe up like, uh, like up like 50 people there. And we were like wall to wall. We already packed out the room we were going to use from then on out, you know, like, so, and I'm like this, and people put a lot of work into this and it was like, let's, and it just was celebrate it. Yeah. I, I think I'm a petty is the best. That's what it is because it's yeah. fear. We're yeah. afraid of like what are the auditors going to say? Like, well, why'd you do this? Well, here's why because it's tied to this event where there's like it's. But you know what else it is? This is people who don't challenge the process, Luke. No, it's people who they <laughs> no. they view ministry. Love, love. They view ministry from behind a desk, right? One hundred percent right. Yeah, and these are people yeah. who. Um, you know, it's funny. It's like in one sense, it's not a numbers game. In another sense, it is like m- numbers do mean something. They don't mean everything. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to figure yeah. out what they mean. And so it's like when we have a bunch of young adults that we didn't even we there were so many young adults that turned out for an event. We couldn't even conceive of it. That's when numbers matter. Like we we got this room and we maxed out the room. Like, we didn't even think half would show up and look at this. Or number of confessions. Those are real numbers that we all need to hold on to and celebrate. But the funny thing is, like, when you only do ministry from behind a book, a desk, a typewriter, a computer, a, you know, easel or whatever, when your ministry is just teaching, which I can very easily default to, you end up shifting your metrics as to what matters to you to get your job done becomes what matters, period. And so for many people, it's staying on budget, right? Especially when you work in a, something like a, a, a big nonprofit organization, you work for a diocese, those, uh, you, maybe you work for a poor church. Those numbers matter more almost. I mean, they matter greatly, staying on budget and all that stuff. But people don't understand like how in certain areas you might need to blow the budget because you're actually doing kingdom work, and the donors would be absolutely for this thing, right? And that's where the small rules get in the way of the big mission, right? The spirit of the law is being violated to maintain the letter. And, uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I've seen it so many times in ministry. Like uh, I had this one person say, I have to work 40 hours behind a desk for the parish secretary not to attack me to my boss, the pastor. And so I have to work an additional 20 hours outside of my desk doing life team, large group meetings, going to the schools and having lunch with the kids, going to their sporting events and band and all that stuff. He said, that was not allowed to be counted on my hours. And he said, what should I do? And I said, tell your secretary to mind her own business that you're doing the Lord's work and that's I, what you're paid to do. I think I do think part of like the other side of encourage the heart could be like confront the craziness. <laughs> you know, like really just being like, yeah. Why? Like, can we have a can we have a conversation about this? Because how am I supposed to celebrate this then? Like, give them one of those stupid, um, what do you call it? Um, like crystal apple or something. Going, thanks. I've engraved your name into it. Enjoy this thing that makes no sense because you're 25. Like, <laughs> it's just, I've gotten so many of those. I know. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why did you go to Lifeway Christian Bookstore? Why did you go there? They why did you? I like, the only thing I can think of is this a thing you use to murder people? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I don't use paper that often, people. <laughs> <laughs> there was some blunt force drama given to the bottom of their skulls in the shape, curiously, of an apple. <laughs> <laughs> so prepare for a lot more of this stuff while, while I'm, you know, in grad school. <laughs> Here's the accounting no, thing the church needs to do. <laughs> you know what? Scrums. The church needs scrums. 
<laughs> agile, <laughs> agile work meeting. And it's 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 not. And I'm I don't I'm not. I'm trying to say here are the five things that the, that the church needs to do in order. I'm saying here are some things. That wow, Luke, found, I felt like you just put us through a SWOT analysis. If we want to be good leaders, we need to think about these skills and these things that we are doing, and it actually counts. What? Well, that's Luke reducing the mission of the church to <laughs> Not just a, a PowerPoint slide deck from your local <laughs> key club. Thanks, Luke. Oh, yeah. Everyone, uh, pay me $25,000, and I will gladly come and talk to your parish about, about this. And then bill you for my hours on top of it. Pay me 10%, and I'll still come and say all this stuff to your parish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this ladies and gentlemen, special thanks to our sponsors. Choose life, BetterHelp.com. I'm talking over Luke because I don't want Luke to talk anymore. I need to go to bed. God, bye. I love you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. That was a little bit much. The Gang of Greatness is all here. Hi, guys. So good to hear you. I like that name, The Gang of Greatness. I know. I know. When I heard that, I was like, did we just replace Syrophoenician women? (laughs) The Gang? Is that what we should call people who come and hang out with us on stereo or just our Patreon people? Who do you guys want? I don't know. I I, want to hear what, like, all of our listeners want or people who are on Patreon. What do you want, Gunnar? I don't know. I don't know. It just hit. It just it just was firing when we said it. I like that. Gang of greatness. Next. I just finished my taxes and I'm scared. Hey, hey, we just got an accountant, so we're now not gonna go to jail. Woo! Just kidding. It's the small things in life. <laughs> I reminds me I need to talk to you about that. Next. If you want to hear something funny, my mom drove up into town the other the other day and took me to the grocery store because I'm in college and I'm poor. And um, on the way there, she managed to flirt with a guy at a red light in the car next to us who was my age. So, go mom. <laughs> Flirty moms are the best kind of moms, if you ask me. <laughs> Someone's going to have a new dad. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, let, let's, say, let's say your mom started dating a fellow high, uh, not high school, excuse me, whoopsie, college student. <laughs> That's very different. Well, no, what, what would you think about? Like, your mom oh, started I would have, dating. I would, no, I would throw a fit. I mean, do you Look, remember when I Brooke want, Hogan's... I want this for Patty. I want Patty to date college <laughs> students. No. She probably <laughs> no. would like it. She's been a little bit more open with, like, who she finds attractive around people who are like my age or now like oh vastly younger. Just I mean, just in terms of like people in their twenties or whatnot. I'm like, all right, Patty, calm down. We get it. You like you like um Chris Pine. It's a little weird. <laughs> my mom was Jason Momoa or whatever his name is. Oh uh, yeah, the guy from yeah. Aquaman. And I was like, but then my mom was like she didn't make the comment like, oh, I think he's so attractive. She was like, oh, that Jason Momoa. Oh, my gosh. Like, the other day, I just kept watching his commercial on repeat. And then it was, like, one other thing to, to the point where me and Shana were like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in front of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Point are you Jason foxes. <laughs>